This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey, it's 4 o'clock. We are climbing into the evening. It's a beautiful Saturday, despite it feeling like Florida humidity and <laughs> awfulness outside. And I know the tank is heading to Monarch tonight, <laughs> drinking some JD or JW Black, because I can smell him. He's piling <laughs> on, baby. He's him and Rob Cherry going to rock out tonight, and I, I love it. It is BGN Radio. Uh, you can find us on the Twitter.com at BGN underscore radio, at John Barchard, at James Seltzer. At Brandon Gowton, as uh, we are the triad of uh, BGN Radio. Wow, triad. That's new. Uh, so, we're, we're, uh, basically, we're, you know, we've, it's been a, a long training camp. Training camp's ended. I think we're feeling the effects of that in our own legs and suntans, uh, water consumption. We want to know what you guys think through two preseason games here. What have you learned about this Eagles team? I think that's pretty much the theme we're going with because there's a lot. To deal with here. There's a lot that's coming out, including today, Chris Wilson saying, hey, let's not get too crazy about Derek Barnett starting. It's way too early after two preseason games. Oh, how dare he might take away snaps from Vinnie Curry. Are you kidding me, man? I know why you're saying it, Chris. You know, it's a rookie. You don't want to you get too comfortable. It's still a competition. But, James, what have you learned from these two preseason games so far? I've learned that Derek Barnett's a hell of a lot better than Vinnie Curry. That's certainly <laughs> one thing I've learned, Johnny. Yeah, for sure. Also, I've learned triad. Love it. Yeah, the, the triad of BGN go. Radio. Big fan it's of that. It's all good tattoos. Like, yes. uh, so what was that? Uh, not Super Troopers. That's the wrong one. Uh the alien ones, uh, the storm, uh, I don't know. It's a bad storm analogy. Troopers. Storm Troopers, was that was all that it was? Was that with uh, Neil Patrick Harris back in oh, the day? Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. It's a, a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. Remember they got the laser yeah. tattoos? Yeah. It, it might not be called Storm Troopers, but it's a good, it's a good <laughs> Definitely movie. Definitely not Star, uh, Starship, Starship Troopers. There we go. Wow. Good Lord. Okay. Underrated movie, though. Now we, can, now we can get on with the show. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, no, this is fun. Uh, don't go outside. That's really my, stay inside and listen to us. You walk outside, <laughs> you'll be sweating immediately. It's true. BLG? For me, the biggest thing I've learned, and it's a short span of time here, but Ronald Darby, 
not bad. Looking, <laughs> looking pretty good. Yeah. Looking a lot better than Nolan Carroll, I would say. Yeah, about I, would, that? I would go as far to say that. Uh, but I, but according to PFF, Brandon. <laughs> well, uh, actually, <laughs> according to PFF, he was one of the top five performers from the other night. And certainly he did look good. And to me, it's funny how his presence has changed the whole secondary. It's not like, oh, one corner spot is better and everything else is a lot worse. It's like, no, the rest of the defense just looks so much better by bringing in an actual cornerback who's good. And I think there was a lot of questions about Jim Schwartz and like, oh, he's not a creative guy. He just likes to rush for. Not really. That's, I mean, that's been a weird narrative ever since he got here. He liked to do that stuff. He couldn't. You don't have a CB1 and you don't have a slot corner. So guess what's going to happen? You're going to play vanilla base defense pretty much the entire year and and hopefully that works out and guess what it did yeah and Schwartz even came out and said it last year he's like basically like what do you want me to do our guys can't cover there's only so many things I can do <laughs> it's a great point John we talked a little bit about it on the uh, the podcast at BGN underscore radio uh, about the, the impact that it'll have on the whole defense both the players but what, what Brandon's alluding to there more what Schwartz can do with this defense when he has a guy like Darby on the outside that you can trust, John. I mean, is there any other questions that you need to ask? And sure, I want you to focus on the third round pick. If you think that's too much for this guy, I think there's an argument to be made for that. But if you're telling me that the value of Jordan Matthews versus the value of Ronald Darby at this point, and I know it's just the first preseason game with and and even he was that was his assignment on the McLeod thing when he came in there to deflect it. That was supposed to be Ronald Darby blitzing on that, but he didn't understand the call. And look, they're not game planning, they're not doing anything. But man, oh man, even if he's going to make those mistakes there, at least you have something that can cover something. That's been missing for a very long time, right? <laughs> yes. I, I think we can say that, and, and it's so weird to me that people still come up and bring up the Jordan Matthews of like, well, are you really wanting to give up a 900-yard wide receiver? Where, on what planet is he going to make uh, 900 yards this season? You know, it's just kind of like, all right, whatever. I, and, 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 it's, it's, it's Carson Wentz's security blanket, John. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's another guy called Alshon Jeffrey. He's a pretty good security <laughs> blanket on third and four. Uh, even though, and and that's the other thing that I think we, we need to pay attention to, too, here. I, I don't know what exactly people want out of preseason anymore. I'm baffled by whether this thing's good, it doesn't mean it's good. This thing is bad, but it doesn't mean it's actually bad, which it could be good. Like, there's so many other different, ple- you know, things that people just spin the wheel and just call it what it wants, and it's just going to be your own bias and whatever. Listen, Carson Wentz didn't look great in those first couple of drives. I think people trying to... Uh, uh, evaluate literally two throws and 15 snaps and trying to declare what he's going to be from this season is crazy to me. You know, I, I, when the first throw that he had towards the sideline, which was God awful. And and, and that's exactly what happened with, uh, you can say whatever it was bad. He was too pumped up. Yeah, He was throwing Alshon Jeffrey for the first time in a game. I think he got a little excited. I think it was just, I would too. I'm just going to call it a bad throw and be satisfied. That's a bad throw. (laughs) That's it. But he's not allowed to make bad throws. John. (laughs) So, so later on, you know, three drives later, because the offense wasn't going, it wasn't getting its things together. And, it's some of the things that I was a little worried about with, you know, the, the continuity. And you, you're going to see what it looks like if Jason Peters isn't here. And I think that's what we got, you know, uh, on display the other night. But the the next throw that everybody really complained about was Carson Wentz throwing it away. And he did throw it away out of bounds in the end zone when there was a safety in two corners when you have two wide receivers that are there and there's nothing there. He did the smart thing by throwing it away. 
It wasn't that like, oh, man, his accuracy issues are all over the place. And boy, oh, boy, Brandon, did, did draft Twitter just eat that a lot? <laughs> it's amazing. Like, the offense has a ways to go. They're not game planning, but there's still some concerns to be made, in my opinion. Carson had specifically said after the game that that was kind of an Alshon or no one throw. You know, he did throw it up in a way that, you know, maybe Alshon can make a play on this. If not, no one's getting it. So he even admitted that. I think the people, the thing with draft Twitter and everyone there, you know, <laughs> w- as soon as they see Carson Wentz mistake, they're just like, they're just like waiting behind the keyboard. Just, <laughs> oh, they made them, and it's like, just hop on it right away. I think one thing to keep in mind with those throws to Alshon is it is preseason and they're going to force the ball his way. Like, there might be a better yeah. play to be made somewhere in a normal game situation, but this is the preseason. They want to see what it looks like when Carson's throwing to Alshon. They're still testing things out. Yeah, and to take it a step further, and and John, I'm happy you brought this up because it's like this weird dichotomy that we have with the preseason where it's like, we can't wait to see how these guys look. Like, I want to see how they play together, this and that. And then it's like we take so much away from it, yet we all remember the greatest game in Eagles history in Green Bay a couple years (laughs) ago and how little the preseason can mean at times. So it's really a, a tough kind of thing to look at it and to know what you can take away and what you can't. And things like a bad throw, one bad throw, like that that's defines not, a season. Yes, it's yeah. not a takeaway. Like that's not something you take away from this. It's just um it's frustrating to kind of try and figure out what's right and what's wrong and, and also have these people just going after you if you you know try and defend a yeah. bad pass. And I gotta tell you, um, if they're not gonna be able to run the football, which hey, look, still a concern early on. Not not, you know, jumping off the roof here or anything. Uh tempo offense. <clears throat> works with this crowd well really well so you know again when you're having a weakness of hey we can't run the football speed it up because you've got Alshon Jeffrey you've got Nelson Aguilar you've got Torrey Smith you've got guys that create mismatches all the time and guess what Carson works a lot better rolling out not being in the pocket all the time and the ability to create plays and I will say the only takeaway that I saw was and you know he was pumped up is because there was an in and out route to Torrey Smith Torrey Smith was wide open, and he should have just dumped it off to him for four yeah, or five, whatever it was. Yeah, called it out. Mayock oh, said, that's right. Yeah. He said it on the broadcast. And, and what did he do? He goes, nope, I want to make the larger play, which is, guys, which is the same results as Jameis Winston did in his in year two and still continues to do that. The same things that Marcus, well, Marcus isn't as, isn't as crazy. But still, yeah, Marcus, a lot of rookies yeah. tend to still look down the field for that big play. He wanted that connection. I think there was a lot to that as well. 888-729-9494. What have you learned so far in two preseason games with this Eagle squad? I see my good friend Lenny from Pittman hanging out. Lenny, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'll tell you what I've learned. Shady, come back. You can blame it all on me. I was wrong, and I just can't live without you. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 am, it's amazing how uh, how clean he looks after a lot of us, including me, thought he was. He, looks he had good. dead legs after the, you know two years ago or whatever it is. He looked real good. Real good. Well, while most players lose a step, he he has not. But my question is, uh, local product from the Northeast, uh, Corey Clement, think he'll make the team? You know what's interesting, Lenny, is we had that same discussion. Our, our good friend Matt Daring brought it up into the text thread. How, He's actually from Glassboro, but I was only kidding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two great people from the North. One great – never mind. <laughs> we know we know where you were going we, with yeah, that. Yeah, we know the car. Yeah, the 11 and 5. <laughs> I think there is a good chance that Donnell Pumphrey ends up on that random mm-hmm. phantom IR, and that's when he kind of slides in there. I, I think I, he's making it harder, that's for sure. Yeah. And one way or another, I think the entire Eagles fan base is going to fight about running back number four. Hey, he, you can't coach speed. He's got speed, man. 
Which is weird because he, when you turned on his team from Wisconsin, you're just like, all right, just the a guy that likes to bash in there, he can round the corner a little, uh, a little better. But I think losing those ten pounds made actually did make a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, it did for sure. Le- do you uh, who who are you replacing if Corey makes the uh, roster there, Lenny? Uh, boy, you got me. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I, Nelson Aguilar's brother. There you go. Uh, hey! <laughs> we appreciate it, but thanks Smelson for the call. Nelson Aguilar is his brother. So yeah, I want. I wonder what what is going to come of that BLG because I'm I'm not exactly sure what what could happen here. And again, this could all just be Henry Josie all over again. We understand that, but he's making plays and he's making them at practice too. But it's it's what you just said, John. And I was going to ask Lenny that. Who are you cutting to keep? Corey Clement. I don't know. I, I don't think it's blunt. I mean, some people have speculated. It's not blunt. Some people have speculated. I know. I, I, I totally yeah. agree, but some people have speculated that could happen because there's not a lot of guaranteed money. He's not getting cut. Not getting cut. Um, You're not cutting Darren Sproles or getting rid of him. Absolutely not. Wendell Smallwood, it's been weird because he's been hurt, so you would think can't make the club in the tub kind of deal. Right. I still think they like him a lot. Yeah. And when he was healthy, and John, you saw this when we were there down at training camp, when he was practicing, he was the better running back. Yeah, he was. Maybe the best running back on the team. Well, he yeah, was. Jimmy Kemsky just tweeted out today, yeah. I guess Smallwood's practicing. He said Wendell Smallwood's the best running back on this team. Yeah, Absolutely. So at least not, in a full-time role. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Darren Sproul is right, a very yeah, accomplished player. So I and maybe so that you're not cutting Pumphrey either. They traded up to get Donnell Pumphrey in the fourth round. Yeah, fourth round. You're not gonna cut him. Um, and even though he struggled a little bit, he has had a hamstring, so it's not like you're going to just write him off after one preseason. But, but that hamstring could linger <laughs> but for a very long time. But that's, that's almost the only way Clement can make the team I at agree. that point. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, and I think that is the only way, and I wouldn't be shocked by it. No, you I, know, th- there's, there's always going to be a phantom IR guy on this squad, and I don't think anybody else deserves it more right now than him. Because I, as much as we want to say, okay, He's a rookie. He hasn't had the ability to go in and punt return a lot. He hasn't a lot of experience with that. You got to hold on to the football. Oh, yeah. You got to be able to get, I mean, I, you know, I, not that he's the guy you want to throw there in fourth and inches, but you got to go get, you got to go get that inch, man. Like, you know, if we are, and we've, we've said this before too, if he's going to be an, an integral part of the passing game, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's worth it to keep. That going when you have Trey Burton, you have all, all, again. We've said a, a million times. There's a lot that can go in the slot this year. Yeah, well, and and Sproles, we've mentioned his name a few times. Something else to keep in mind, you know, Sproles has not been on the field yet, really, That's in true. the preseason. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to that. I think it is Pumphrey and Clement, and and I agree with you, Brandon. I think there is a zero percent chance they try and you know put him on the practice squad. They're not leaving Pumphrey out there to get claimed by someone else. So it's either Phantom IR. Or probably more likely, Corey Clement doesn't make this team. Like, if I had to bet money right now, I would bet on Henry Josie happening again. As much as I don't want, I think Clement, right now, the way he's played, deserves to make this team over Pumphrey. And if they can figure that out, but they're not going to. If they can't figure out a way to get Pumphrey on IR, Clement's not making this team. Yeah, and I think that, uh, I don't know, it might be too early to say, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Corey Clement would be picked up. By somebody. I think so, you think too. he would be picked up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he would. What is he doing, like, exceptionally well? Like, what is he doing so good that another team's going to be like, oh, we have to cut one of Nothing, our players but, but it's the same to thing get that, this guy? Same thing with Henry Josie. You can, you could, I, I just think, it, and it, and not for good or worse, I just think I feel like he's played enough to be picked up somewhere that has an injury or needs a running back three or 
something along those lines. I, not that they're going to miss out on anything, but you're right. It, it, I still but feel that's the a same way. you can take, I think. Based yeah, exactly. on like what you've seen, it's not like, you're, all right, we missed out on what exactly. Yeah, well, and also if you think about guys like we've seen guys like Matthew Tucker have terrific preseasons and make it through to the practice squad. I mean, oh, Matthew Tucker. Good old Matthew Tucker. I forgot about him for yeah, a moment. Yeah, but I mean, he was great in the preseason and, and was able to make it through the practice squad. Clement, obviously. Ricky Mostert, too. Yeah, another <laughs> great example. But like these are guys who were not drafted for a reason. Teams did not like them enough to take them in seven rounds of a draft. I think that's a fair point. I don't know how many people are out there scouring for that that type of guy. So it really, I think you're right, John, if there's an injury, if there's a hole, he's a name that I think people could look at. But I think there's, I think it's, let's put it this way. If you try and put Donald Pumphrey on the practice squad, someone will claim him. Someone will yes. take that oh, chance. Definitely. Clement 100%. maybe could make it through. And look, there's no reason to kind of overreact to Donnell Pumphrey in the first two weeks of his career ever, and he's struggling a little bit. Listen, at the same time, you guys even said it. He's a fourth-round draft pick. You know, it's it's amazing that Matt Collins looks the way he does yes. as a rookie. Yes. That's not normal. You know, that is not normal. As a fourth-round rookie. No yeah, less. exactly. Yeah. And you're thinking of all the different things. And this leads me back to my main concern anyway. I'm not overly concerned about Donnell Pumphrey and what he's going to be eventually here. I'm concerned about that offensive line. And you can sell me any different way on, like, hey, John, the starters haven't gone. You're right. And that's probably, <laughs> and there's probably, uh, that's the reason why the, a lot of the running game has struggled. My issue, and it continues to be my issue, and I know that BLG is going to correct me here in a moment. Let's do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if Jason Peters is not there on a moment just like it was during the preseason where he's going to miss some time, and, and this was due to personal reasons, it's yeah. not due to health. But if he misses a couple of games and you're sliding Lane Johnson over or Jason Peters gets injured during a game and you're sliding Lane Johnson, Lane Johnson over, that's a huge mistake. It still is a huge mistake. I want to see Dylan Gordon play left tackle. I want to keep Lane Johnson where he is no matter what happens. We can deal with the future as it goes along here. But if you take Lane Johnson out of that role during a game, not into next season when he knows he's going to be the left tackle, it doesn't look great. It's not great. Keep left tackles and right tackles where they are, BLJ. Yeah, Lane Johnson did not do so good. <laughs> he, he just got destroyed, quite frankly, in one yeah. of those plays. Um, I think it's tough because, you know, that was kind of short notice. It's not like he had a lot of time to prepare to play left tackle. I think that's maybe part of a factor. Um, I think when it comes to the whole Jason Peters thing, I, I know one thing you like to say, John, is like JP's going to go down in week five and that'll be it. He's never missed more than three games in a single season Correct. of his entire career, other than the year he like that freak injury in the offseason wasn't football related, mm -hmm. so kind of not counting that. But I, I do think uh, I think it's going to be Big V too behind me too behind uh, they they really liked him as a as a left tackle. Yeah, I, I think I so. Well, I think it'd be smart. I agree with your point, John. I'm with you in the the macro point of I think the unless you're going to train unless you're going to put lane as like he's the left tackle of this team and give him the whole camp and all that yes. stuff to really play left tackle i think you keep him on the right side i think it's too much change i think he's just going to be more effective on that right side and what you do is you start working big v out at left tackle now in practice i think he should be getting all those reps as the the backup left tackle because i agree with you blg i think what we saw from B big v last year too even though on the right side as to at least give you some semblance of of hope that he can he can fill in on the left side because I'm with you I don't I'm not worried about Jason Peters going down super early and being done like you are but he's still what 35 36 years old like yeah. there're going to be nicks there's going to be there's going to be stuff he I, I I would be shocked if he plays 16 games so you do need to have some sort of plan in place yeah and and look the depth isn't uh, isn't going to be as scary when these guys are 100 percent and Big V will fill in for Matt Tobin. Uh, you would hope so. From? <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, by the way, Jaleel Johnson looking amazing last night <laughs> with the Vikings. Might want to check that tape out too. Uh, the uh, but like if you get to a, why make two weaknesses right exactly. there? Exactly. You know that's what I just make one side and not both sides the weakness. And I, I you know that's what I mean. And, and Teron brought that up forever ago, and I was like, no, that's crazy. You're paying the guy, and then you start to see it in practice, and you're like, okay, all right. And to that, you, you we've seen Lane Johnson start at left tackle at, the, at OTAs in the beginning and stuff. And, you know, it's it's not like he's – it's completely unknown to him right. either. Like, if if that's the reaction that you're getting – and look, I'm putting a lot of stock in a couple of snaps at a preseason game, but just kind of, you know, it, it made an exclamation point when I was watching it. Yeah, and, and it, there is a big difference. Like, you would think, like, who cares, like, right side, left side, like, technique-wise and all that, like, your step and all that stuff. It is hard to adjust from one side to the other, and that's not even taking into account the the – you know, cohesion and and whatever with the person on that side with you. You know, Brooks and him played a ton of games together. Obviously, not as many as we would have liked last season, but they've been next to each other a ton, and they know how each other works, and they can fill in for each other. All that stuff. I mean, we always talk about it. O line cohesion, continuity. It's the most important thing. And uh, we were talking to Tank during the break too, and like he said it too. It's one of the things that maybe isn't being paid attention to enough, but. Uh, yeah, Chance Warmack's awful, y'all. I mean, like, I, there's no, there is no way to. He's not been good. There's no way to sugarcoat that currently, right now. And I was definitely on the train of like, hey, it's a one year contract. He's back with Stoutland, and you know, he got credit for that touchdown that was whatever it was, the second or third quarter. It was, a, it was on a double team, and then he freaking almost threw the linebacker into Corey Clement or whoever scored that. It was Donnell Pumphrey, whoever it was. It just made me looking back and being like, oh my god. Yeah, this a bunch is, of against a, guy, a bunch of guys who be bagging groceries in a month, right, as Lou this, Brown would this, say. This is not great. So maybe not all of Jason Kelsey's fault in the middle as it goes along here, too. The other question that we're asking: Are you concerned with the running backs at all? You know, I know it, it, we were talking about it. Legarrette Blunt going to the outside. Maybe he looks a little slow. We'll get into that. Plus, what have you uh, been taken away from these last two preseason games? Excuse me. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Uh, despite what Vic says in the promo, I welcome the nudes on the text line. <laughs> I welcome them with open arms. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barchard, James Seltzer, Brandon Gowton. You can find us with the same monikers. On the Twitter.com and also the podcast itself at BGN underscore radio. There's a lot of takes about LeGarrette Blunt this week. A lot of them. And again, I'm kind of halfway in between both of them as we're going on here. But uh, Kevin, do we have uh, what Merrill said about LeGarrette? Yeah. Listen to Merrill's reaction with LeGarrette Blunt this week. All right. Here's the question. Yes. Is LeGarrette Blunt Holding a lock to make this six. roster? Just a question. <laughs> just just oh, putting it out there. That's a good question. <laughs> I love the, first of all, I love the dramatic pause. Just a question. I know he right goes, of, ju- first he goes, just a question. Just, just putting it out And then there. he stops, just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. So, good. so, so good. Uh, and listen, there are a lot of people that I think agree with Merrill. Yeah, I heard it a lot this week. Uh, I will say this. He looks slow. He looks slow in training camp. He's looked slow in practice. And there are a lot of people yelling about don't run him outside. But BLG, tell him, tell us why it's okay that LeGarrette Blank can run on the outside. Well, first of all, people saying he can't run to the outside, it's just not true. Like I, I tweeted this out the other night. LeGarrette Blunt's 
4.92 yards per carry over the past three seasons. Guess where they rank out of 59 running backs? Uh, let's see. 4.92. I'd yeah. say that's a high number. I would guess top 10. Yeah, I'd sure. say top 10. So, like, you cannot say he can't run to the outside. That's factually not true. I mean, now, what goes into that? Obviously, he's with the Patriots. It's a different system. There's things like that. But I, I think it's uh, it's all about perception, right? So, LeGarrette Blunt is big. So, like, oh, you can't run him to the outside because he's not fast enough to get out there. I don't think that's true. And I, I get where that's coming from, John. He, I don't think he looks fast. He's not, like, he's a big dude. He's too, He's like a linebacker. He's yeah. 250. He's not going to look fast when he's out there running. I think, but you get him out to the edge, and all of a sudden he's in open field. He can break tackles from a cornerback because he's so much bigger than them. I think there's something to uh, – the problems with the Garrett Blunt, I don't think, are so much him. The fumble is really bad. That's on him for sure. I'm not absolving him of that. I think his struggles as a runner, though, have been a lot more related to the offensive line and I think when you're talking about cutting a guy like this, you're forgetting that he scored 18 touchdowns last season <laughs> and ran for over 1,000 yards. 18 touchdowns. That's a one with an eight in front 18. of it. 18. This offense did this. Carson Wentz threw for 16 last year. Mm-hmm. This guy ran for more touchdowns than Wentz threw for last year. But I, I, another point, like, this guy hasn't practiced much. He hasn't been there. He, You know, he's be, like... <laughs> You gotta give him time. He just came off his biggest year ever. Like I think he needs a little time to actually get in shape, be ready to go. Which that's on him too. I mean, but, there was a weight clause. But contract. he's going to get there. On top of that, like <laughs> I, I think Brandon makes a really good point in the sense that like Garrett Blunt has never been fast. His game is not speed. His game is bowling people over, and it looks like he can still do that. I am. I'm not worried at all. Like zero. I'm. I'm as unworried about like Garrett Blunt as I was the day they signed it. And I want to point out. That yes, you can't run to the outside if the offensive line can't yes, get there. Exactly. Which is more of the issue than the yes. Garrett Blunt not being yes. able to get there. And less about Doug Peterson calling that play, which can I just say oh, that can, is oh, all week. Can all we week. can we calm down about the play calling selection in a preseason game, which A isn't game plan for, B is supposed to be vanilla, and C is supposed to work on reps and whatever they're working on. So if that is designed for the offensive line to see where they're at. That's probably more or less what you should be paying attention to. And yes, you would be correct. It sucked. It was bad. It wasn't executed well. So hopefully they fix that. I think I think that both of you know, I think anyone who listens to BGN radio knows, I'm not a Doug Peterson fan. I made that very <laughs> that clear. True? I've made it very clear. Having said that, it is ridiculous. Ridiculous to criticize him for this play. I mean, it's a preseason game. Yeah, like, they are not, like you said, they're not game planning. They're not scheming. They're literally running the most vanilla offense they could possibly run. They're trying not to get guys hurt. I am all for going after Doug Peterson when he makes mistakes. I'm not going after him in the preseason. So when they, by the way, when they play the Dolphins this week and Carson Wentz throws 40 times in two and a half quarters <laughs> because I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. They're probably working on the passing game. Oh man, You that, know, that oh, always have, it is the third preseason game is to get as many reps at whatever you think they need reps at. And you're probably going to want that and see that because, Hey, guess what? Drum roll. Brrr, Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz haven't played a lot together. So I'm guessing Tory Smith too. Yeah. The same thing. So uh, you're going to have to see a lot of different snaps with where they're going, get the, getting the timing, right? Carson Wentz will probably throw an interception or two during that process, and then everybody will pile on and be like, the season is doomed, <laughs> you know, and that's how that's how preseason kind of works here. Now, I, again, there's stuff you can take away from all that, and I'm not, 
listen, I'm not worried still because you, and I agree with a lot of people saying this too, you haven't been able to see the offensive line on how it's supposed to be constructed with Garrett Blunt back there. And listen, I'm, I'm, but I'm with everybody else. Put him in between the tackles. Now, let's not kid around here. He can run to the outside. Doesn't mean he's as useful doing that. So, and, and that's where I, I, I want to come back and circle back to the running backs here, guys, because I think, I don't know if LeGarrette Blunt is going to be there first down. I'm not sure. And, and, and if we're constructing this running back by committee where everybody's going to have about 130 carries or somewhere in between there. And you're even seeing this. Jimmy Kemsky's tweeting this out now that they're, you know, have rekindled and they're rekindled. Now that they're back at practice. And, <laughs> they're rekindling uh, <laughs> that practice love, John. Yes. So you're seeing Smallwood being uh, healthier. And clearly he's the best running back that's available that's out there. So I actually think you'll probably see a lot of Smallwood Sproles to start games. And Smallwood Sproles on second and third down. And LeGarrette Blunt is still going to be used whenever they need him. They go get three yards. Okay, I'm in. I, I, I don't see LeGarrette Blunt being there as, you know, the starter at a, during every game, it's going to be situational from whoever they're playing against in a very Belichickian way, even I, though Doug is definitely not that. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that I do think everything is going to be based on on matchups, on, you know, specific game situations, all that. But I still, if I had to bet money on who's going to lead this team in carries, I'd bet everything I have on the Garrett Blunt leading this team in carries. I'll so, take that bet. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys wagering? I, uh, I don't know. Everything some, I have, I just some... said apparently. <laughs> Sadly, that's not that much. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just Let's, feel like. We'll make a bet. I like this. I, I feel like it'll just starts. transition from one way to the other. There's nothing, there's nothing different than Doug's philosophy and what he had said last year, BLG, with, yeah, we're just going to go with the hot hand. It's going to continue to be the hot hand of whoever it's going to be and who they're matching up against. This I think LG will get the first shot at it. I think if he struggles and Smallwood suddenly yep. stepping up when Smallwood gets playing time, I think it'll be fluid in that sense of the job could actually shift within the season. Like It's not like you go into week one and everything is set in stone. Like There's still jobs to be won and lost in the running back position as far as that's concerned during the season. So I think it really depends. I think Smallwood, we said on the podcast last week, Smallwood's like the big X factor at this position. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets cut, but like you could almost envision a scenario where that happens, and at the same time, you can envision a scenario where he steps up, and all of a sudden, he's leading this team in rushing yards. Oh, yeah, and there, and that's the thing about the offseason and the preseason. If nobody sees it, no one believes it. Nelson Aguilar, perfect example of it. No one sees him in practice, sees the drop, Oh, same old Nelson. And then and then I didn't hear one peep about him when he's catching balls and double doing a little bop, 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 double shake in the slot and catching it and run it down and forcing two guys to go over and cover him. I didn't hear a peep about that this week. By the way, thank you, Nelson. For, for that. Honestly, I, I prayed for it, and, and you confirmed at least a little something for me that we're all not crazy at practice. Doesn't mean anything until he does it again, but I'm just saying. And the same way with this running back situation. So they don't see Wendell Smallwood automatically. Corey Clement is the guy. That's that can take over that role and be right in there. And this is uh, something I didn't notice until right now. This is from uh, from Deuce Staley as he was talking today. And he even said that Corey Clement is like an old school Hyundai or a Honda Accord, which, again, not the greatest description for a guy who's just trying to be dynamic. Or whatever, but <laughs> he's what you can put it. You can <laughs> exactly. He's like my used car that two hundred fifty thousand miles on yeah, it. He's a Chevy. Uh, <laughs> just you know, getting out there, it breaks down every now and again. No, he's just saying you can put a lot of miles on them, and then it will be consistent. And that's what he's been all camp. 
He's a consistent guy. Yeah. So that's like, not I don't a, know, man. That's yeah. that's not saying much. It's like, yeah, he's done everything he's supposed to, and he's still, you know, he's still a Hyundai. Yeah, he's that, still a Honda Accord. You that know, it's is just like, not right. a ringing endorsement. I would not if I'm Corey Clement and I heard that, I'm like, ooh, yeah, uh, okay. I'm, I wouldn't be called like but, a Porsche or something. No, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, and that's the difference between like because Deuce loves when running backs are able to block. Like that's that's been an Eagle, well, an NFL, but an Eagles philosophy for a long time. He gets so fired up when you're blocking Joe Walker or whoever. And, like, Corey Clement hadn't been doing that all throughout camp. And last week when he did, I mean, you would have thought that he won the Super Bowl. That's how excited <laughs> Deuce was about, like, that's what I'm talking about and saying a bunch of curse words and, like, getting fired up. And uh, and that's and that's what it comes down to when we're evaluating a lot of this stuff. If we don't see Alshon Jeffrey out on the field, well, I don't know. It's weird. Like, the other wide receivers get talked about more and – uh, you know, Wendell Smallwood, not on the field, automatically, well, he's on the outs, and you're just like, whoa, 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 let's let, let's wait until everything's, you know, as it's supposed to be here before we start making those judgments. Yeah, no, it's a great point. John, it's, you don't think about it that way. When you step back, you're right. Like, if you're, the, the things that we hear coming out of practice are so different from the general Eagles fan that isn't paying attention to those reports, isn't down there seeing what's happening. I mean, I think Aguilar is a perfect example. You know, it's been the whole chorus out of practice has been, Nelson Aguilar, you know, but then like we see him in that game, we're like, yeah, he's still the same guy. He's terrible. But yeah, um, I, I think it's wow. a really, I you think hear it's, that Nelson. It's a, yeah. Remember. Use it as fuel, Nelson. <laughs> um, no, I'm with you. I think it's a really interesting kind of phenomena there. Uh, let's go to the phones. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Chris. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Yo, Chris. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's uh, great to talk to you guys again. I've really, uh, Appreciate your your daily podcast and everything you guys keep. Yeah, up. man. And uh, actually, what's going on? you bring up a good point because for those that don't know, from now until the end, of, basically into draft season, uh, we're we're daily now. We've we've switched it over Monday through Friday. They were there will be stuff, and of course, there's always going to be stuff on the weekends because this show is podcasted and a, a whole bunch of other things that are planned. So we appreciate that, Chris. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah no problem. And uh, I just want to touch on the running back uh, position a little bit. I. Kind of similar to what you guys have been talking about. I don't really think Donald Promfrey right now is going to be making the roster unless he has a dramatically better performance in the next two games. And uh, just wondered, you guys, I, I heard you talking a little bit about it, but how's Corey Clement been doing specifically in, like, uh, blocking, like, pass protection? Has he been getting better at that? Do you think he has a real shot at making the roster? Yeah, from what, I, well, from what I've seen there, Chris, in practice, I haven't seen Clement do a great job of blocking. Maybe gotten better from where he was coming in as a rookie, but certainly I think the struggles are still there. I, I, tw- I think I tweeted something out like that or – during the game, of course, at the same time, like Mike May actually did a really good block. <laughs> I, did, I didn't get to see it because I was watching it in the press box. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a concern. Chris, did you, uh, did you say that you don't think Pumphrey will make the team? As of right now, I don't think he'll make the active 53. Kind of like what you guys are saying, maybe he gets, like, the, the phantom IR. Or, right. you know, at this point, I just I don't see how he makes it. I can't see him take, keeping five running backs as, as it's constituted right now, especially how they like Wendell Smallwood so much. So, yeah, I, and it's uh, we appreciate the call, Chris. I I just think that if if he's going to make it, that's what they're going to have to do. Um, you know, in the next two preseason games, if or at practices, if they see what's what's coming around, and there's really no reason to do that, or if the, if they find a spot and just be like, hey, he's really great at catching the ball, and the fumbleitis thing is kind of subsided. There's there's not much that Donnell Pumphrey could he would have to do so many things wrong for the next two weeks for him not to make this team and for Corey to take it over it would have to be you know a, a dramatic gap there we're gonna get more into preseason we'll break down everything including maybe we'll even discuss 
just for a little bit, Chris Long's gesture uh, during the preseason game and uh, just our takes on that in general. It's more BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I think there was a lot of divisive talk when Chris Long put over his arm over Malcolm Jenkins as Malcolm races, you know, put his fist in the air. Um, and I know a lot of people are, you know, it's it's all over the place on what exactly or what spectrum do you want to put your your stamp of approval on with a, with a lot of the stuff. And I, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I don't look at that as a political anything, especially with what Malcolm Jenkins has done and what continues to do. And the same with Chris Long and what he continues to do. I actually look at that thing as like, this is not a political issue. This is just an awareness of inequality and race. And hey, guess what? Racism has not gone away in this country. And that's pretty much been proven, oh, I don't know, since forever. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it doesn't matter what day, get whatever. So by doing that, and, and I think there is a lot of people that misunderstand what Malcolm exactly did, because most of this came from those Dallas shootings. It's it's uh, uh, against a police officer where that crazy dude who was, who was yeah. you know, doing a, uh, who was targeting police officers, which is 1,000% wrong. Like, that's not the point of any of this. It's having a clear communication between all of these different sides to make sure they're doing the right thing. And I don't think that I've, and Chris Long not only gained respect, I think, in, this, in the locker room, but also just across the NFL. Across the country. Because there hasn't been, there hasn't been that conversation either. There hasn't been the, I'm white, you're black, and there's there needs to be other people that are standing up and, and unifying us together. And that's uh, that's what I took away from. Me too, man. That That's the whole point, right, of bringing it together. And, and like you said, John, it's not a political thing. What Chris Long did was a human being thing. It was a, yeah. a, a being there for his brother, you know, being there for his teammate, this person who he cares about, who he feels a bond to being there for him. And like, I, I, I can't like up, stand up high enough to applaud what Chris Long did. I, I just, I, I have so much respect for him, especially he's from Charlottesville. He is from Charlottesville. He just saw his hometown go through that atrocity, that awful, awful thing that happened um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm really proud to have Chris Long on my team. That that's my takeaway. And for the whole stick to sports crowd, which is really dumb, first of all, but I'll play your game for a little bit. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say, all right, this is about sports in a way. This is about a teammate being there for another teammate and building a, a tighter chemistry in that locker room and having those guys come together as a team. And if you don't believe that, and someone tweeted at me today that Chris Long has done nothing but divide this locker room, <laughs> oh my God. I can see why New England let him go. And someone did tweet that <laughs> to me. Yeah, exactly. Pretty sure everybody, pretty much everybody in that locker room loves, still it's the loves opposite. him. Yeah. It's, he's bringing them together. How can you say that when you have a guy like Gabe Wright, who's a backup Eagles defensive tackle, say something that, like he said this after Chris Long spoke uh, after the game on Thursday night? Gabe Wright said, I'm honored. To have shared a locker with you. Wow. Yeah, see, I mean, that's such a powerful thing to hear from a player to another. I mean, that is a, uh, I'm, I, I'm speechless. Yeah, it's not like if if either one of these guys were ignoring a large side of the issue, then yeah, I think he would have a right to get upset about a lot of the stuff. But like, it's pretty clear, man. I mean, it's, you know, we, we need to figure out uh, a solution to this. And I think if you're, and on any platform, I don't even care if you're, if you're, you know, putting, 
laying brick or <laughs> doing push-ups for a living. I don't care. Like if you are, if you have a good idea to bring people together, so you're communicating with, you know, uh, police. If you're communicating with your community and trying to find a solution to all this stuff, rather than like. No, we're going to stick on this side, and that's it. And no, we're going to stick. That's not how. I mean, like that doesn't work at all, man. Well, it never has. And especially when they're doing it in a peaceful way, they are using a platform that they have to make a peaceful statement to say we should bring people together instead of dividing them apart. I like. I don't understand how you can possibly have a problem with it. Like, I really don't. I know that people do. Clearly, people do. As Brandon, people are tweeting that at Brandon. I personally, I don't understand how this can be an issue. Yeah, and and really, at the end of the day, even if uh, even if they were both at the fifty, and I've used this phrase before, if it was like I think Donald Trump's the best dude ever, <laughs> and they were yelling it to the crowd. Who cares? Yeah, they, who cares? They're saying whatever they want to say, and that's. You know, and and if there's not going to be anybody that's, you know, I don't know if the NFL gets uh, gets crazy about it, which they showed they already haven't, then care what's on the field. And speaking of that, Chris Long's still really good at football. Yes. I mean, I think it's, 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 the other thing that I learned about this preseason game is like, oh, my God, the second unit with Barnett and with Chris Long is really good. And granted, it's it's going up against the, the second teams and a lot of the time you're, you know, you're not going to have the benefit of, of knowing and having a, a ton of knowledge over those rookies that are coming in there. But at the same time, man, oh, man, it is okay. As as we're going through and saying, you know, don't take too much away from preseason. Is Benny Curry DN4 on this team or not? Because I, I uh, it's, it's hard for me to go, well, uh, you shouldn't be playing over Chris Long or Barnett. Or Brandon Graham. So where, where does that leave us? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think Vinny Curry right now, just watching them play again preseason, looks like the fourth best defensive end on this team at best. Um, and, and I think the way they're playing, and I know Chris Long, the, the, the whole state, or Chris Wilson, excuse me, the whole statement about he's a rookie, you know, we're not, but I think a Benetton, our own Benetton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tweet, yeah. Great tweet. He's like, yeah, because they didn't have a rookie play in something like they didn't have a rookie play an important position last year, you mm-hmm. know, obviously in Carson Wentz. I think it is asinine, asinine to say that Derek Barnett doesn't, have, isn't going to start because he's a rookie. Look what Joey Bosa did last year. I mean, rookies can come in and make immediate impacts, especially at that position when they're as advanced as Derek Barnett. BLG, I don't know about you, but. I, like, if it plays out the way I expected to, I'll be shocked if two, three weeks into the season, Vinny Curry is still starting. I think Vinny Curry's playing time will go down as the season progresses, especially if he's not being effective. And even if he is, I mean, how can you not get Derek Barnett out there? He's rushed the passer 42 times this preseason, three sacks, two quarterback hits, four hurries. It's good for the second best pass rush productivity score in the NFL per pro football focused. He's a beast out there, man. We've been saying it all along. I mean, look, it's, you can say it's just preseason, and that's fine, but he also did this in college, and he's looked great in practice, and now he's doing it in preseason as well. So it's not like this is only preseason. We've This is all we've seen Derek Barnett do is look good, and it's very encouraging. Yeah, and I'm not sure, and, and trust me, I'm, a, I'm the biggest proponent of, like, if you can play, there's no reason to hold you back. And Derek Barnett is the perfect example of that. I mean, we're even having discussions about – Okay, you have to let a third round rookie because of just how things are in Rasul Douglas. You're going to have to play him at some point. Uh, obviously, the Darby trade right. changes yeah, some of, of those course. things. But like, there is no way you were going to tell me that Patrick Robinson should be there because oh, he's just the veteran. <laughs> Who cares, <laughs> it's man? So I don't, stupid. I don't care. And listen, Benny Curry is going to be more effective 
probably in that fourth role. Well, he has been in the past, right? I mean, yeah. we've seen, well, like, that's Put the Vinny Curry that has worked. The Vinny Curry that has worked was the not free Vinny. It was the shackled Vinny. Vinny. Exactly. <laughs> and keep him, uh, yeah, keep him in the, I don't know. I can't think of another good hashtag. <laughs> keep him in the box. Keep him in the rotation. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, there should be, and I'll be a little disappointed, actually, if they don't give him first team snaps in a rotation. Like, he doesn't, you can go with BG and Vinny Curry to start out there, but don't tell me that Derek Barnett hasn't earned first reps in the third preseason game when you're trying to warm up for the season. We'll get into that. We'll get into some more Darby and Kendricks and our good friend James in New Mexico will chime in as well. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's BGN Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP, at John Barchard, at James Seltzer, at Brandon Gowton on the Twitter.com, along with at BGN underscore radio. Uh, like we said before, we are going uh, daily, and all of your pre- and post-games uh, will be live on uh, on Facebook and a whole bunch of other different stuff, so just pay attention to the things that we are doing there. I want to go back to the phones because our good friend James in New Mexico is <laughs> hanging out with us. James, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing just fine, guys. How about yourselves? Uh, probably not as good as the. I don't know. Is it? It's nice and dry and hot out there. It's uh, it's disgusting here. Yeah. Well, I will say I'm 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 enjoying life at a mac and cheese festival. So, <laughs> well, then you're <laughs> definitely doing better than us, James. No, at a mac and sorry, cheese festival, I and hanging out with quite us all all the show. But uh, no, I was going to say uh, at least with Kendricks. Um, I to me, I feel like I'd rather just keep them for probably what we can get back in return, and then more than likely cut them next year. So, because I, I just don't see how much we're going to get rather than keeping uh, maybe not so much his brains, but at least his athletic abilities. Yeah, I, I think there is a listen. I think people have kind of jumped the gun on again a, yeah. f- a few snaps, and we're like, oh my god, he's so valuable. <laughs> if they can't get anything that's that's going to help them uh, immediately, sure, there's no reason to take away your linebacker depth, but. Uh, you're going to see the same yeah. kind of Michael Kendricks that you're going to see before where, you know, right. you're, you're going to see, okay, he gets home sometimes. and Running backs wide open in the flat yeah, exactly. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and 65% of the time he's going to get stoned on those things. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, if, if they if, is he worth the 23% of the time you're going to see him on the field? I don't know. Do we see an increase in that? Probably not. But, I, I you know, right. it's, 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 I think if they got the right offer, he's still going no matter what. Right. Yeah, and then uh, the last thing with uh, Darby. Um, I think it, what I haven't really heard anybody say was, if anything, Darby buys us two years to allow Mills, Rizul Douglas, and even uh, Sinirais to uh, get a little bit better and see what we have, at least in those three, before we have to really jump to conclusions with any one of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I think Sidney Jones, obviously. Sidney Rice is stuck in there because... I was watching Seattle last night, and probably that's what happened. And the Vikings. And the Vikings. Hey, Sam Bradford looked pretty good last night. No, Just throwing no. that out there. Oh, also, no. uh, better uh, or worse than the Packers game a couple years ago. Yeah, probably probably about the same. Okay. And it's funny, too, because like everybody's all Dalvin cooked up, and they're like, oh, oh, my God, look at him go. And I'm like, yeah, it's a nine-yard gain. That's great. <laughs> you know, it's the same same guy. And I'm looking at uh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, excuse me, as I burp up for some. That no, was nice. Thanks, No apparent John. reason whatsoever, who is uh, also looking very good. So, again. The running back class was good, and this is uh, this is kind of why I'm a little bit frustrated. I guess is um, you know when you just come away with Donnell Pumphrey, and you're seeing all these guys. And granted, I wouldn't have want him to waste you know a, a first round pick with they had so many other different needs. And 
you know, I, I, I don't know. There, there can be arguments made all over the place. And, of course, everybody's going crazy because Seattle found somebody in the seventh round. And, see, see, you don't need to invest a long time. No, no, no. The Seahawks don't need to invest in it because they're really good at it. 31 other teams really aren't. I, I just keep coming back to, like, we're discussing if Donnell Pumphrey is a phantom IR on this team. And and you had a stacked running back class. Yikes. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, why did they wait so long? Yeah, no, it's a really good point, especially when you hear about the guys like the the Williamses, Jamal and Joe, both threatening to take jobs. And you're seeing guys who were taken later in the draft, the fifth round picks and stuff who are having great camps and are looking really good. That's when you start. I understand, like you said, John, they, Christian McCaffrey, they weren't getting Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's no. the way it worked out. Right. But, like, could they have traded up for Dalvin Cook? Maybe. You know, could they have found a way to, you know, use one of those picks earlier, the fourth-round pick, on a guy like Jamal Williams or something like that who's looked great? Um, I, yeah, I'm with you, John. I, I think that, and I again, I like Pumphrey long-term. I, I don't have a, a huge problem with that pick. It's, yeah. More the fact that they do have legitimate needs at that position and they didn't fit it when when they had real opportunities to. It kind of feels like the wide receiver class from 2014. Yeah. Remember, like that, oh, the best wide receiver class in years. And it was. There's so many good needs. <laughs> yeah, it was the best of all time, maybe at and this then, point. Right? Who did the I mean, Eagles get? Jordan Matthews, who's fine, but like comparative to yeah. some of those other guys in that class. And like, Josh Huff. And Josh Huff, who isn't even on the team well, anymore. Yeah. And Martavis Bryant went after both those guys. I mean, so, yeah. And then in this case, the Eagles, again, they traded up to get Donnell Pumphrey, who's not even, even at his best, even if he becomes awesome, I don't think he's ever going to become a full-time running back. So it's just like, you look at that and you're like, man, like we kind of get, like, what are we doing? Like we keep talking, we have these debates about not addressing running back and then, but we keep having these debates because they're not addressing running back. That's (laughs) the whole problem. And that's what's always funny to me is, you know, and and we're still a long way to go. Maybe we're, maybe something jumps out at us as the season kind of continues here, but when we have these conversations about, oh, you shouldn't put so many resources in running back, and you're just sitting there going like, okay, uh, well, now you're stuck in this position. And look, there, I'm not trying to put an emphasis on the running game, and I'm sure LeGarrette Blunt and, and those things will, won't look as disastrous as we're all thinking through two preseason games here. But, I, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I think that severely affects along with the offensive line, which is still kind of up in the air a little bit now too. And really that's just because we haven't seen everything together yet. But if we're talking about things that are going to create a problem for Wentz, I think that sticks out as one of them. And and when, when, when we're sitting here and talking about what's going to impede this offense from being better than it was last year, that's number one. Everybody said, Oh my gosh, 660 passes for a rookie. Uh, That's unheard of. And yeah, you're right. It's historically unheard of. So when you're going into the season and you're kind of like, who's going to play running back full time? I don't know. Well, you know, it's just like, well, who gives a crap about the passing game if that's all you're going to do then? No, it's a great point, especially when, and I, you know, I'm happy they brought Blunt in, but it's not like they planned on bringing LeGarrette Blunt in. That was something that happened yeah. later in the offseason. It, it, it's clear, and I know Brandon, that was pretty much all offseason his mantra, you know, get a guy, get a guy, get a guy. The only thing I wanted, I know it's didn't the do only it. thing you wanted. Um, so I, I and I think there's really something to that, and the fact that like it clearly for this this front office was not the priority that we think it should have been. Brandon, it's really frustrating because I like I just said it was just like I just want this one thing. Like, I know they need help at receiver. I know they need cornerbacks. If you get a running back, I think it helps alleviate the pressure on both of those spots. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They had the perfect opportunity yeah. to do it. It was really frustrating. I think Dalvin was really the most frustrating because, yeah. like, it was he was within range. We we're all sitting there, 
we were at the draft and we're like, we're going to, I was thinking we're going to get him. Like I was just, but I was kind of sweating it out. I'm like, all right, each, each pick that passes. Like, <laughs> all right, we're getting closer. And all of a sudden the Vikings trade up and they get him. And it's just like, man, they're getting us back for Bradford. Yeah. And it may, it yeah. Look, maybe it's a more of a, the, the long-term outlook here, just like we're saying with, you know, w- with a lot of these different positions, because if you're talking about Sidney Jones and him being what he's going to be, is that probably going to be better than some of these people in the running back class? And is he going to be better than Dalvin Cook at his position? Maybe. I mean, maybe, probably, yeah. you and, would assume. And if he is, he's more, va- I mean, like, let's be real. If he is the cornerback right. that people think he can be, he'll be more valuable than any running back. Absolutely, he will. And that's, and again, in the power positions in the NFL, it's always going to be that. It's always going to be offensive line. It's always going to be corner. It's always going to be quarterback. And then you just kind of fill in whatever your philosophy is after that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't and know. And in there too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh yeah, pass rushing pass for sure. Rushing. And that's why they address. That's why Derek Barnett's here. Yes. Guys. I mean, that's and because they, they, imagine going into it now with like, all right, we got stud running back with an offensive line that I think will be good, and then the, you're going to have <laughs> Chris Long and Vinnie Curry. It doesn't sound as good. No. You know, it's yeah. just you have this a guy that just turned 21 who's ahead of every technique that, you know, half of the people are in this league and they're 25 and 26 and you're just kind of going like, all right, well, that's worth it. That's That wins you playoff games. Yeah. That wins you uh, Super Bowls, even though it feels weird saying that. And I want to throw up because like <laughs> we're not going to see that this year. No, but, but Va- I mean, you could you could absolutely say that Von Miller w- was, a, I mean, Super Bowl MVP, but clearly the most important player on a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah, it's just annoying to hear constantly, year in and year out, well, the Seattle Seahawks, bleh. <laughs> yeah, great. Because they're the Seattle Seahawks, because they're really good at yeah. that. They're, I, I, am, I have yet to see anyone, and maybe somebody out there can correct me, I haven't seen uh, who's the lowest rated or lowest drafted running back right now that is an absolute stud in this league. Would it be Freeman? Would it be the two guys that are down in Atlanta? Because, you know, I, I mean, like, outside of that, they've still had Julio Jones and a bunch of other things that, you know, kind of counteract what you can do through there. Uh, so I don't know. And and is that going to be kind of like the, the stopping ground? Is that what's going to limit this team? Uh, is the, the running game, is it, you know, I don't know. I, I'm trying to f- just figure out what is going to be the Achilles heel for this team right now. We all said it was going to be corner. Does it transfer over to O-line and running game? And is that really only the biggest holes that you can find right now? I think if you look at the team as it is currently constituted, I, I think yes. And it's crazy, too, because, like, the Ronald Darby trade, again, just going back to anyone. like Changes who, a lot. It changes so much. I mean, that was that was it. That was the issue. So, yeah, I think the way it stands right now, John, I think you have to look at that as the, the weakness of the team. Uh, you can uh, hear and see this man on CSN Philly, usually yucking it up with uh, <laughs> Derek Gunn and uh, Rube, who's here. You can hear him Tuesdays. Uh, live with our BGN Radio live on our Facebook page with Teron Davenport. It is the Next Level podcast because they take you to the next level and have a bunch of different fun football stories. It's Barrett Brooks, everybody. What's going on, Barrett? How are you, pal? Man, it's about time you guys have me on. I, I just played for 12 years, won a Super Bowl, but you guys don't want to call me one of you guys' boys, you know. Come on, man. What you guys got going on, man? man? you see, it's you and Teron that have the same excuses. We've been chasing you down for a year, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, now it's our fault. Now it's totally our fault. No, man, we're, we're so happy that you're on board, and you guys, you guys do a fantastic job. It's one of my favorite parts of the week here, but... Uh, yeah, man. I mean, we're we're just discussing like the the Achilles heel for this team now that you know we're, we're obviously the obvious answer before the Derby trade was the secondary. Uh, what do you what do you see as as the weakest spot on this Eagles squad right now? 
Well, once it went from – I mean, the, the, the secondary is still the weakest point that this team is, has to deal with. But they're a lot better now, a whole lot better now with the addition of Darby. He brings that, you know, that aspect that they can now shut off at least one-third of the field and now switch the safeties over to help whoever the other corner is or who's ever in the slot now. He's that type of talent. Giving this guy an opportunity to really uh, grow with this team, you know, he could be a, you know, definitely a, a major factor with him. I think we need to start turning towards and seeing what we're going to do with this running game. As you saw against Buffalo, we didn't run the ball as well. And I understand we're not game planning like we would do during the season. Yeah, you know, coach keeps saying that, but it still doesn't change the aspect that this is, those aren't the plays that we ran during the regular season. If you watch what we did last year, we ran a lot of counter plays, a lot of power plays. That's double team the front side and pull the back guard from the backside up in the hole. And they had some major success with Smallwood, even Sproles running that power play. So I didn't see any of that. They're running, you know, one of the biggest, you know, I, I would say not slowest, but, I mean, he's he's not one of the swiftest guys going <laughs> on the outside on sweeps. Come on now, LeGarrette Blunt is the guy that want to get north and south, run in between the tackles, and get the first down. We didn't see that from him. We haven't seen that from him. And, you know, it's tough to really see what we have going well, we haven't had to also the starting off of the line playing for us. Yeah, B, well, that's kind of where I wanted to go there. We've talked kind of a lot today about the running game, but also what you know best, the offensive line. You played over a decade at that position in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I know they haven't had the full line together, but should we be worried at all about the, the lack of success we've seen from the line so far? No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm taking it as, as – as coach being genuine with not going in and game plan and just pulling plays out of a hat as opposed to going in and running a game plan. It's different. You know, I did see him running a couple game plan plays as far as the, with the passing game, but I didn't see it with the run game. I think it's just running back by committee. Um, I was telling people for a long time and you guys were telling me, I didn't know what I was talking about. Everybody was talking about the pony um, personnel and, you know, Puffers being there with Sproles. I don't think at this point that Puffers is ready to really be that starter we're thinking he's going to be. He's not ready yet. He's not physically mature enough yet to be out there playing with the big boys. Yes, he is a talent. Yes, he will be good later on, but I don't see him right now. Hopefully he sneaks through and they put him on the practice squad, but I don't see him making that 53-man roster. I I really don't, and I will stick to that, and I've been saying that for the longest. Barrett, since we're talking about the running backs, what do you think about Corey Clement and his chances of making the team? Well, you know, I talked to Deuce, and I've talked to Deuce about him a couple of times, and, you know, he said that's his project. You know, I mean, sometimes coaches get a project guy. Well, that's his project. He taught him how to run again. And um, I think Corey was more of a, a lumbering type of, type of running back that's going to run guys over and, and, you know, not really get the big yards, but he was going to be a consistent guy, you know, a thousand-yard guy. Well, now he's changed to how he's running the ball. He's more fleet of foot. He's, he's, he's more elusive. He runs quicker because Deuce told him, you know, it's, it's about not really, you know, long strides, but take your time and, and really, you know, concentrate on being a swift guy and, a, and, a, and as opposed to being a fast guy. And it's really helped him out a lot. He has a different running style now, and it's really helped him a lot. Then he told him, look, man, in order to play this game, you have to be able to pass block. He shored that up a little better than he has been, and he's catching the ball out the backfield. He's played this way since camp started. Whenever he had something that was – was, was holding him back. He went in, worked at it, and he's become better at it. And since then, he has become a really good running back. And I see him being one of those power back, a guy that can run all three downs as opposed to being a guy that's going to be 
you know, just a just a, a third and fourth down like Blunt. Talking with uh, Barrett Brooks from CSN Philly, and also you can hear him on the BGN Radio Airwaves on Tuesdays with Teron Davenport. Barrett, I want to stick with offensive line because it was something I was saying earlier in the show. I know that, listen, the, the, when you had Matt Tobin playing right tackle, it's going to look a lot different anyway. But uh, and I think yeah, to, to, man, bad guy, man. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> yep, when you when you're dealing with a lot Iowa of these linemen, that's, the that's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, but I, I just get the feeling that when you put Lane Johnson in that left tackle role, uh, that it's just I don't know. It's just not where he's supposed to be. I feel more confident that he should just stay there at the right tackle position, and maybe you just you know you groom Dylan Gordon to be that guy, or you replace him in next year's draft once JP is gone. Uh, what are your feelings on Lane Johnson taking over on left tackle? Lane Johnson will be very good at left tackle at this point. He only had a day and a half to practice. Yeah, they said he went through all of the OTAs at left tackle. Well, it's a lot different, you know, playing on different sides of the line and that different hemisphere. It's a lot harder than what people think. You know, it's like telling people, all right, go out there and throw a ball with your left hand if you're right-handed. Your sets are different, especially when real bullets are flying. You want to go back to what you're good at and what your body is, is practicing that time in and time out, and that's a right tackle. Once he starts becoming a consistent guy playing left, I mean, right, left tackle for a consistent basis, his vitals start with, with muscle memorization, then he'll be okay. But at this point, I, I, I really didn't have anything about him going in and playing, especially, you know, he was going against the ones. These are the guys that, you know, that he's playing against that are going to go into the season being starters. He had a rough game, yeah. But if you put him in right tackle and he'd have been out there, he'd have been crushing the guy out there because he practiced that there when real bullets were flying last week and, you know, in practice. Bear. Give him a little time. You give him one week at left tackle being the steady guy and, and going out there and practicing every day, he'll be even better. So don't worry about Lane. Lane will be one of the premier left tackles in the league once he does make the, the progression of going over – the left side of the off the line. He'll be fine. Um, Dylan Gordon, I see he's been playing well, but he still has a lot to go. He's got to get a little stronger, and he's got to get a little more aggressive to play on the left side. So I think he's, he's more suited to go to the right side. Barrett, is Chance Wormack going to make this team? I think he is going to make this team, and that's by default. I really thought that he was going to be the guy that's going to come in and start at left, at left guard, and he's really disappointed me as far as him being the guy. He has all the intangibles of being a really good guy. He's athletic. He's a mauler. But he just doesn't seem to have that drive at this point to go out there and take something that he should have. At this point, Sam Milo has shown that he's a better player. And I got to eat my words, man. I was I was a chance one-man guy. But oh, well, both of us were, man. Yeah, absolutely. Right, you know? So I, mean, I have to eat my words, man. He hasn't gone out there and taken it. And that's the big thing. Just like at corner, there's no real corner that shows that they need to go in there and play at the opposite side of Darby. Same thing at guard. Nobody's really going in the status. Look, this is my position, except Sam Milo, and I think he got it by default just because he's a draft pick. Yeah, and uh, and I think he's uh, he's earned it a little too. I mean, he's got that man strength that's going along through there. And I'm just you know I'm just getting antsy pants because I want to see this offensive line together, which I'm sure we'll no, see right. we'll see uh, against the uh, the Dolphins. But uh, Barrett Brooks again from CSN Philly, part of the BGN Radio Airways. We appreciate it, man. We'll see you down there at uh, practice. I appreciate it, guys. Come on, man. On, on the weekends, all I do is work on cars, man. So give me a call sometime. <laughs> I want to talk football with you guys, I thought man. you were out fishing, B. Yeah. Come on, man. Fishing I, with I, Derek I, Young. I, yeah. 
I can't, man, because I got to stay at home and wait for you guys' calls. <laughs> You game, the post game, and everything else, man. So I'll be at home for the most part. All right, Bear. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Dave. We appreciate it. That's what I'm saying. Maybe we need to have a new segment: fishing cars and football with Bear Brooks. <laughs> at, you know, five five fifteen or or, or two twenty or something like that. That every time we're on there. So uh, when we get back, we'll break some more things down. We'll get into more of uh, the defensive depth, especially with you know when we're talking about linebacker depth. Kendricks is the only name that comes up, but. Uh, I don't know. It's not like Nate Jerry's killing the world here or Don Cherry or any of those guys going through. We'll get into that plus more. Also, if you're not blocked by Brandon Graham on the Twitter.com, he's got a great tweet out right now. Philly fans, help me tackle hunger today for every retweet. PNG will donate $1 to ShopRite Partners in Caring. You should definitely go on his timeline and find that right now. It's for a great cause. More BGN Radio right when we get back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. So yeah, I I, I do think that when uh, <laughs> when the good is good, it's it's way good, and that's how I felt about Kendricks and the reaction to <laughs> a lot of that this uh, this past game. And it really, I mean, not that it hasn't been deserved, but it's so weird. Ever since he told reporters, "Oh yeah, by the way, I wanted to get traded in January." Really looked great in practice and in the last two preseason games. Because maybe that's like a, a flag saying, like, get me out of here. If I'm only going to be played this amount, I want to be gone. So I don't know. Does does Michael Kendrick stay here or is he eventually traded by the time you get to cut down day? I think he's going to stay here. I think at this point, and I, I, again, I think it's so strange that he actually came out and said that. And that does make you think that he wouldn't be, but... I think that um, obviously he looks so much better and and I'm not buying in or anything. I'm not like, he's back. Um, but I do think that he's showing some of the things that, that did make us excited about him when he was first here. There is some flashes of athleticism and ability. And um, I think that ultimately what you could get from him, our caller James from Mexico said it before. I think it's that, you know, what they would get back from him, whether it's a fifth, the sixth, whatever it is. I don't think that that is ultimately going to be as valuable to, to this team right now as the 30% of snaps he can give you. even And you hope that they're not an atrocious 30% of snaps. You hope that maybe BLG, that some of what we're seeing now can translate, but I'm I'm certainly not, you know, going all in or anything. I still think he's going to get traded, just to crap on everything you just said right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. We, I really do, though. Fight! Fight! Sorry. I, I do think he's going to get traded. I think uh, there's I have a couple of thoughts on this Kendrick thing. The first thing is they're like, people are like, why don't you just use them correctly? You know, that's what Bill Belichick does. I hate when people say <laughs> I hate when people say that so much. Like, yeah, Bill Belichick is also probably the greatest coach and one of, one of the better general managers ever. Like yeah. it's the same not, with the blunt thing. Everyone's like, well, he let Blunt go, so Blunt's gotta be terrible now. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's not use that as the standard for everything. Uh next is that Michael Kendricks. Some people are like yeah, what happened? You know, like it, he was good, and then like they just stopped playing him. And it's like, well, go back and watch that Lions game from last year, <laughs> yeah. and then tell me that he's good. The um, last two Lion games, actually. Oh my god! Played. Yeah, yeah, actually, last two really. Yeah. Um, so there's p- been plenty of bad tapes still. I think in the, this preseason, maybe Jim Schwartz is blitzing a little more than usual. Which, hmm, I wonder why. Maybe they are really trying to showcase Michael Kendricks. They have been playing him. It's not like. You know, when the starting defense comes out, Michael Hendricks is still on the field. Yeah. Like he's still running with the backup team, so he's getting a lot of snaps in preseason. I still think they would love to trade him if they could. You save cap space. 
you get rid of a player who it's just he's not going to be here after this year anyway. Right. So like, I I think it's still going to happen. Yeah, and I wonder what the return that you can kind of get out of that. What should you be expecting? I mean, we're all going to go back and think of the easiest answer, which is Kyle Fuller in a one for one swap, or maybe if there's a small thing that's attached to that, whether it's conditional sixth or seventh or whatever. But uh, I, I don't know what else you would expect out of that. Like, I'm trying to rattle my brain of, like, a fifth that can turn into a fourth. Yeah, that, maybe. it's Something that type like that. of thing. Yeah. yeah, a sixth that can turn into a fifth. I mean, it's not going to be anything, you know, anything groundbreaking if you're going to trade him. And I say, well, if you trade him, then then really who starts at will? And you're immediately going to say Nate Jerry. And I'm going to go, okay. And for a guy that was a safety who's supposed to cover, yeesh. Yeah. And, and, you know, undersized. I mean, he, can ta- he can tackle, and he's a little undersized. Yeah. and. And there are some positives to his game, and Jim Schwartz seems to really like him. But um, I don't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it in Nebraska. I didn't see it anywhere where he's going to be a better spot for coverage. I yeah, guess I no, say. I'm with you. Look, and I think I've been impressed with Gary in the sense that he does. He's he seems like he knows the game and he's instinctive and whatnot. But he definitely, he is. is not ready to be a starting linebacker. A linebacker. He's not ready to be a starting safety, which is what he played the last four years. Much less a, a starting linebacker in the NFL right now. It, that's really the issue, right, John? And that's kind of why I felt like, you know, that that ultimately the incentive, what they get for him, it will be worth keeping him just because who else is going to play? BLG, I mean, who is, I mean, Joe Walker's not going outside there. I mean, what are they going to do? Three three words, more like three names. <laughs> Kamu Grujay Hill. Oh, yeah, there you <laughs> I go. Like, I, him, yeah, I like him. But... Keep an eye on him. I think, I don't know if, you know, he's that guy now, but I think he's an intriguing player. Kind of low key, look good in camp this year. He contributes on special teams. He, like Nate Gary, is also a safety in college who moved to linebacker. Although now he's in his second year of that. He was a, a draft pick with the Patriots last year. The Eagles picked him up. Well, obviously he's not good then because yeah, the Patriots well, got exactly. Bill Belichick let him go. <laughs> exactly. He so that's the big problem with it. But I think that's a name you could watch. I think it's weird when people say the Eagles don't have any good linebacker depth. I don't totally agree with that. I think Joe Walker is showing like enough not it's not like they have awesome linebacker depth yes i agree with that but it's not like they have nothing i just think they have names that people aren't familiar with there's no like that big name value like there is with michael Hendricks. so i think they're, the linebackers have looked okay don cherry who i'm not sure he'll make the team but he, like he forced a fumble the other night i think kamu gruje hill has looked decent enough in mm-hmm. camp i think joe walker i haven't been like crazy impressed with him in camp i said he kind of doesn't even look 100 percent after the injury he had last year but i think in the preseason games, he's looked a little better. I think he looked better the other night against the Bills. So I'm not, like, super concerned about the linebacker depth. Yes, there will be a big drop-off from Hicks and Bradham to whoever, but I think that's the same case from them to Kendricks. Yeah, and, and again, like, there's as we talked about this on the preview show. There's, there's not an NFL team that I can think of that has, like, starter-quality depth really anywhere. Maybe, maybe you're lucky enough to have one spot where you're like, all right, this guy could take over immediately and there would be a seamless transition between the two, but that's not what you're getting here. And also on top of which, just it, all the names that BLG just mentioned and shouts again to uh, Don Cherry, who's a diamond level uh, tracer who plays overwatch. And for all the nerds out there, you know what I'm talking about? Nerds. Total uh, nerds. It's is it less nerdy to say. I keep thinking he's the uh, hockey announcer. No, Don Cherry. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> but at the same time, what are we talking about here? You know, if if Jim Schwartz is going to put the five up in his hand for nickel every time, and they're playing that about forty eight percent of the time, and Even you're more. you're fifty percent of the time, whatever it ends up being, are, are you really concerned about 
Again, we're talking about 23% of the snaps from last year, which I think is down from the, the year before. Like his, it, it oh, just kept shrinking. going down and no down question. and down uh, no matter what. So like, it, it, you know, if you're talking about Gruger Hill and, and a bunch of those guys, then yeah, then that's all you really need. You need a nickel will. And there's like seven of them on this team, especially if somebody comes across with a, 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 maybe a CB three or four uh, that you can get exchanged for. Just like you guys were saying for a fifth round pick. Sure. For a guy that's not going to be here next year, absolutely. I think you have to take that deal. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with that. My, I'm just saying I don't. I, maybe I I don't know, but I don't know if they get that. I mean, look, Michael Kendricks. Are if you're another team, and granted, if you need linebacker help, sure. But uh, you know, are you going to buy it? Just like we've been talking about, are you going to look at two preseason games instead of looking at the atrocious? tape from last season? Or are you going to look at the Detroit game where there's Theoretic is literally there's no one from 10 yards around him. Michael Kendrick's <laughs> like, where's my guy? And Theoretic's standing in the end zone with a football. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I get it, but like who's who's giving something up for Michael Kendrick? The Eagles got a first round pick and a fourth round yeah, pick. For Sam You're Bradford right. You're right. No, I'm not saying they're going to get that for Kendrick's. <laughs> I think that's where a Kendrick's trade comes in, though. I think there's like these injuries. There's a team out there and we've already seen some injuries to linebackers around the NFL. I think uh, I can't remember off the top of my head which one, but I, there's, I've seen some going around. I think it comes to a situation like that. Someone gets hurt. Oh, well, like, Miami. That was yeah, the middle guy, exactly. but Miami and lost hey, a middle linebacker. Yep. Who, you know, like uh, those two teams have certainly dealt yep. before, as we'll be reminded this week <laughs> yeah. when the Dolphins come to training camp here. So I think that's the situation where Kendrick gets traded. It's You're not just getting rid of him to get rid of him. You're waiting for an emergency thing to pop up, and that's when it happens. Sorry, I'm just laughing because I was like, they're going to have joint practices, and how he's just going to, you know, capture the front office of uh, of the Dolphins is just you know, scream "Do it" in their face <laughs> it's over it's and like, over again like, until it actually that, happens. Uh, just do it. Just, just do it. Do it. Yeah. Just do it. Do <laughs> yeah, it. So just good. do it. Do it. Uh, and there, look, there could be a possibility too if if their guys are seeing some of these others that are up front, and they have that type of relationship. That's probably one of those. That's a possibility for sure, and uh, and maybe it. Maybe it happens while we're down there. That's never going to happen. But it would be fun if it did. <laughs> it just switches jerseys. It was the Lenny Dykstra Juan Samuel trade where the Mets and Phillies are playing. Like, just walk across the clubhouses. That's so perfect. Michael Kendricks is here, but he's in a Dolphins uniform. That's weird. <laughs> the uh, crowd they have an answer. Yeah. erupts. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so I, I, that's, that's something you'll definitely have to pay attention to. And maybe it's on a more minor note, but, you know, Caleb Sturgis, Missing from 45 and 46, yeah. making from 48. Listen, the kicker thing is all over the place. We're seeing that if you're watching Hard Knocks. And the funniest thing, this is the other thing I didn't understand about that whole, the the, the Bucks uh, dealing with their, their kicker scenario. They had Nick Folk and you had, uh, you know, Robert. Uh, Roberto Aguayo. Roberto Aguayo hanging out. And Aguayo. You're, you're in week one of that competition. And then you just make a decision. And then the very next game. Nick Folk misses a PAT, and you're just kind of like, why wouldn't you just wait to give him the job until yeah. week three? Well, especially you know? when you traded to move up in the second yeah. round to take this guy. It's like, uh, you've you've given it this long? Like, you, yeah, you can't... can cut bait at any time. What are you doing? You like... know, you're not gaining anything. It's, it's just astounding to me. You're like, oh, my God. But, uh, you know, not that I think Caleb Sturgis is going to suddenly just forget how to kick footballs. It's just, what what is the deal with kickers? They're so streaky. It's like closers, they're like... Goalies, they're like every yeah. every other sports cliche that I can throw out there. It's it, it, <laughs> either like have it or you don't for one year. I have a really good little thing here Ooh, for a theory for Sturgis specifically. One of the kicks he missed, I think it was in this just this game. Uh, the holder 
was Cameron Johnston, mm. and the snapper mm. was Rick Lovato. So it wasn't the usual John Dorbos. That uh, does matter. I think that's a factor. I think that really matters. The other miss he had in Green Bay, I looked back, and that was with them. The one that went off the upright, he was with Donnie Jones. So it's not like the only thing going the, on. But the field, I gave him a pass on that one because of the rain, and the field wasn't necessarily right. the best spot and for it, kicking. It went off the not? upright. It's not like it was like super yeah. wide off. So and it, the distance was there. The one that was wide off was the one where he didn't have his usual holder and snapper. So I think that could play into I it like a little that. bit. I'm going to roll with that. I'm with, the, I'm with BLG on that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Doug this week also said the same thing. He's got no, uh, no worries whatsoever about it, and he's full confidence in him, and et cetera, et cetera. I think we can all agree we have no confidence in Matt McGloin. And, <laughs> and I, would like to, I would like to publicly apologize for ever thinking that Matt yeah. McGloin might be a, a better, cheaper option than signing Nick Foles and – we can close the book on that one. So, who would have ever thought uh, we'd be like be like excited to see Nick Foles? I can't wait to see Nick. If I have to watch Matt McGloin throw a football one more time, I like I can't do it. I'm so done. done. Never, never mind Nick Foles. Dane Evans. Who yes! would have thought you would want to see Dane Evans in a football game? When again, I, I thought Cortland Sutherland was coming out of the draft. He goes to Tulsa. He's you know keep an eye on this kid because uh, you know he, he's an a, an amazing wide receiver. And I looked and said, who the hell is this quarterback throwing to him? He's making his tape look awful. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's Dane Evans. Mike Mayock was on the <laughs> Midday Show this week and said he didn't even scout. Mike Mayock, Mr. <laughs> I know every person possible in the draft. What's the he, point? He didn't even scout Dane Evans, he said. That guy is better than Matt McGloin. Yeah, Mind-blowing. Clearly. A guy that was in a playoff game last year. And you want to get to the <laughs> you want to get to the unsigned rookie who no one scouted. Amazing to me. We'll finish up. Ruben Frank is uh, going to join uh, the program. Well, not the program. He's just on from six to eight. Right after we're done. More coming up. It's BGN Radio Sports Radio ninety four WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. It's the last segment of BGN Radio. At John Barchard, at James Seltzer, at Brandon Gowton. And you can follow us uh, with the podcast, which is now daily, by the way, at BGN underscore radio. We've been over a lot about what we're expecting from the last two preseason games. And fellas, what are we looking for in week three? It is the dress rehearsal. It's, you know, the most takes will be flying during this game. It's really nice because there's joint practices, at least for for us while we're going to be down there. There's something different to look at. You're actually going up against a different competition as opposed to like, well, that corner stinks or this wide receiver stinks. So what are you really taking out of that when you're tweeting at practice? I think this is when you start to ramp it up a little more. You get to see some of the true colors of this football team, and I'm excited for the competition this week. Yeah, look, I, of, of any of the preseason games, the third one, the one you pay the most attention to, Again, let's not pay too much attention. We've had third preseason games go. Super Bowl. <laughs> but um, uh, obviously no injuries. I think that's the number one thing we're all looking for. I'm looking for Alshon Jeffrey to st- stiff arm the hell out of Byron Maxwell at some point. <laughs> but uh, more than anything, I, just, I think you just want to see, um, I think you, for me at least, I want to see the end of the sloppiness. I want to see uh, everything kind of just look uniform look like they're ready to play go out run plays correctly I want to see obviously that the offensive line show up a little bit I want to see them be able to run the ball a little bit but um on the whole like like you said uh, there's not too much that we could take away but at least on my end I just want to see this team look um you know more ready to go than they have the last two times out a little more consistency from Carson Wentz yes. would be nice too given this is going to be his most extended playing time before the regular season starts uh, like to see him on the same page with Alshon a little bit more. 
as you said, James, see the offense run a little more smoothly. See the defense continue to dominate. I mean, yes. yeah, we can talk about it's only preseason, but I think there was some wise man on BleedingGreenNation.com named Brandon Lee Gowden <laughs> who wrote an article about who? how this defensive line is going to be really good. Who the hell is Brandon Lee Gowden? country singer. <laughs> That's a weird thing. Oh, he's an weird. actor. Yeah. Um, in any case, uh, yeah, but seriously, we've talked about Derek Barnett and this defensive line rotation. Like, I can't stress it enough. Like, Fletcher Cox on Thursday night, he just took the Bills guard and he walked him back into Tyrod Taylor to, <laughs> to force an incompletion. Like, that doesn't go down as a sack. It's like, Oh my gosh, like that's a starting offensive lineman and and Fletcher Cox just moves them back like it's nothing. I think the way this defensive line is performed and it's just it's really exciting to see this early and you know, we can say it's only preseason, but I think that unit's going to be great. Yeah, and and not only that, but there was I think that when I noticed a little bit too this week, Derek Barnett did the same exact thing. Didn't go down as a sack, but literally ran mm-hmm. whoever their their tackle was into Nathan Peterman. Which is like, man, oh man, you got to be, got to be getting a little bit fired up with like, okay, we're waiting to see. We heard of all last year about this pass rush and how dominant it's going to be in this scheme. I think it's going to be pretty dominant now. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty, pretty good. And that's where I come through too. Is I really want to, I not that I need to see more, but I, I just want to see Timmy Jernigan kind of fire it up too in in number three. I think we're we can we can talk about Legarrette Blunt as much as we want to in the running game and how that's all going to figure out. That's the thing I'm focusing on is is just who's going to play tag. You know, is it going to be Brandon Graham on this one? That's what I'm saying. Like, this this front four is really ferocious. If qualifier, if Dar- Derek Barnett is taking the majority of snaps with the ones, which I, I, don't, I really don't see what the point is in holding him back. Only if he really, really struggles against this Miami offensive line. And since you're the offensive line expert, by the way, what it, what what should you be expecting with Miami's number ones? You should be able to take advantage of them. This is not a good offensive line. Uh, obviously, it was a offense a couple of years ago. I had a really nice thing going with Brandon Albert there and stuff. He got hurt, and I uh, haven't been the same since. Because yeah, and he's he not retired, not retired, and unretired. And stuff. He is not there anymore. Um, they did go out and sign. Uh, was it Clady? One of those guys like that, uh, a older uh, tackle to come in and play. So. Um, I think this is an offensive line that the Eagles defensive line should absolutely be able to take advantage of. I'm with you on Barnett, but but even just on a bigger scale, I think seeing all these guys have success for Jim Schwartz's system is huge. Where it's not like there might be there are going to be starters, obviously, but this is going to be a rotation. That's what Schwartz wants. Schwartz wants to do. He wants yeah. fresh legs in there as much as possible. You're going to see all these guys rotating in and out. So to have as many guys as they do who who are showing us something. Uh, is is monster. And I got to come back to Vinny Curry just for a second, too, because um, you got to show me something, too. Yes, man. please. I mean, we can only say so long about injuries or I wasn't fully all the way there. Listen, man, and I'm and I'm I'm trying not to pile on. But when you're telling me about improved everything and Chris Wilson's talking about, oh, I'm, I'm a little worried about the run defense and throwing a rookie out there in Derek Barnett. And that that is 100 percent true. That is his weakness right now. And mm-hmm. I would like to see him probably gain some more weight as he's going along in his career, which he's obviously going to have to do and look more like a Brandon Graham type when it comes to that. Same time, if you're telling me about run defense and being a weakness, I'm looking at Vinny Curry, man. How many times has he not set an edge? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just blows by everybody, and then yes. all of a sudden there goes the running back and whoever's ponying up, whether it's a fullback or a pulling guard or whatever, like, set an edge. Yep. That's why, that's why you know, that's why Barwin last year had to stay in there. 
because he could at least set an edge. And he was still bad at it. Yeah, yeah, he was awful at it last year. So if I'm going to choose between those two different guys, like I'll take the weakness at you know the run defense in in Derek Barnett if that guy's going to constantly create pressure. And look, you know, I, I I think he's he looks like a pro's pro out there. Like he's not getting baited in. You don't see him do a lot of the the different rookie mistakes that you're seeing through there. So absolutely, I think that's the number one thing is to see this defensive line go up against some ones. And remember, just like James said, the Miami Dolphins offensive line isn't great. And look, it's going to be hilarious to see this team against Jay Cutler. Hilarious. <laughs> I think that's a, I, if he's coming out smoking a cigarette and he's, you know, putting it out on the on Novacare's field. Ah, oh, man, what a great storyline that is. Go you know, full Burt Reynolds the, on and us. And I, I feel the same way that, you know, you should, if, if all of that is true, if the defensive line should be taking advantage of the of Miami's offensive line, the secondary shouldn't have a problem. You know, I know they have some very talented wide receivers and some guys that I would probably trade in and out with Landry and a lot of those speedsters yeah. that are there. Uh, not, that, not that I'm not saying Landry's a speedster. I'm just saying, you know, with the rest of the group. Yeah, Kenny Stills, Kenny number, Stills yeah. number one offensive <laughs> exactly. acquisition. But. And Devontae Parker, everyone, for what it's worth, everyone's saying really looks great. Around. Yeah. Looks like this could be a really third, third year too. breakout kind of thing this year. But the secondary shouldn't have a problem either, BLJ. This Eagles secondary? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they've improved so much. Darby, again, I can't go, I can't stress enough that it's not just about getting Ronald Darby in like one position is better. It's like the whole secondary is better, which means Elevates. the whole defense is better because all of a sudden now the quarterback doesn't have as much time to throw. Amazing how that kind of happens and goes throughout <laughs> there. Uh, Ruben Frank is coming up next. He's got a whole bunch of Eagles talk for two hours and then leading off for the Phillies at eight o'clock for our good friends behind the windows tonight. Uh, Kevin Keenan, of course, Sue Schilling. On the updates, I am John Bartrand for James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton. This has been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.